tonight, if you have your outline, and I hope you do, uh, tonight I want to talk to you for just a moment about broadening your base so that uh, you can obey the Great Commission that way. Broadening your base. Everybody say that with me. What do you do? You broaden your base. And, and I want you all to know here at Eden Westside, God has allowed us to do that. Man, we have broadened our base so much, and there's so much we have been able to accomplish in this great church, and uh, there's so much more that needs to be done. As a matter of fact, I'm convinced that God's not through with us, y'all. I believe that God has tremendous work for us to do. Amen? And I got a letter this week, a, um, an email that I wanted to read to you that I thought was, wow, you know, this is something that you all need to hear. And uh, so uh, this is from our director of missions here in St. Clair County. And it, it's an email that's written to me. It says, Brother Jackie, we offer our sincere congratulations on Eden Westside being recognized as the top leader in Alabama Baptist churches with baptisms. May the Lord bless each of these who have expressed public faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you for advancing the kingdom. If there is an appropriate time, I would be honored to present a recognition in a worship service to you on behalf of the work of Eden Westside Congregation. And I just want you all to know that in 2017, which was last year, uh, they compile all the information about churches all over the state of Alabama. And I want you to know as a congregation here at Eden Westside uh, that on a list of the top 25 churches in the state of Alabama, that Eden Westside ranks number 23 in total baptisms across the state. I think we ought to give God praise for that, y'all. What a blessing that is. Amen. And uh, I thank God for that. Oh, y'all can, come on, let's give God praise tonight. He is good. And so I, I did want y'all to know that uh, on April the 22nd, uh, it will be a good day. I said, uh, that would be terrific. We'd love for you to come and make that presentation to us. So on April the 22nd, y'all make sure y'all show up for church on that day. Uh, they're going to come and uh, they're going to recognize us with a certificate of just saying, hey, you know what? God is using you. And uh, guys, that's, that's incredible to me to know that souls are being saved here at Eden Westside Baptist Church. And I celebrate that tonight. I celebrate how many people have come to know the Lord. To God be the glory. Great things he has done and great things he is doing. But tonight I want you to open your Bible up to the book of Matthew chapter 28. And uh, you know this as the great suggestion, right? Uh, the great what? What do we call that, guys? The great commission, not the great suggestion. And uh, I want you to know that these are the words of Jesus. These are not Baptist words or Methodist words or Pentecostal words or whatever. Uh, these are words of Christ, and it's what we realize that our great commander gave us the great commission. And I want you to all read this with me. Will you do that? Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Can I get a amen? How many of you would say that's a pretty good promise from Jesus, right? He says the right context of that scripture says, as you are going, doing the work that I've compelled you to do, I will be with you. I will be with you all the way to the end of the world. If, as, as you're doing the work, that I've set you out to do, I want you to know that you'll never be alone. You're always going to have me with you. 
And, and I believe that as a church, we have a wonderful opportunity to have the presence of God among us. As we do the work of the Lord, what an outstanding promise uh, that is from Jesus Christ. And I believe that we all, as we look at the second scripture tonight, in the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, you remember uh, that Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, made this eternal promise to us in the book of Acts. And if you'll open your Bible there, uh, you will see that he said, you shall receive power. Everybody say that with me. What? You shall receive power. How many of you would agree with me we need the power of God in our churches today? We need the power of God among us today. The Bible says you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Say the last part with me, everybody. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. How many of you believe that promise is still good today? Uh, that How many of y'all believe that we have the Holy Spirit in, living in us? Can I get an amen? And the Bible says that when you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you have power. The dynamos of God, the power of God, active and operative in your life as a believer. And because of that, you're going to be a witness for Jesus. Everywhere you go, everything you do, you're going to be a witness for him. He's going to so empower you that the very power of God will be made manifest in your life. And the Bible says you're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem. That is our little region. Uh, you're going to be witnesses in Judea. Uh, we would just call that our county. Uh, you're going to be witnesses in Samaria. We'd call that our state and our country. And you're going to be witnesses in the uttermost parts of the earth. And I want you to know this tonight from the bottom of my heart. That's exactly what God's doing here. God is allowing us to be an influence around the world. Thank God for that. And I say to God be the glory, great things he has done. And I thank God for that. Aren't you glad of that, church? Let's give God praise for that. Don't ever take that for granted, y'all. Don't ever take that for granted. So this week, I just went back, Brother Randy, and I just kind of reminisced a little bit. And when I got that, re that, that note uh, from our director of missions, Dr. Chris Crane, I got, are y'all ready for this? This is a spiritual word. I got jazzed up. And I thought, wow, that is so good, y'all. We get jazzed up because of what God is doing. And I just started writing. I wrote this down, and I want you to get it because I believe that God is in the church growing business. I believe that, y'all. I believe that God's in the church growing business. Do y'all believe that tonight? <clears throat> I believe that. I believe that God wants to grow churches today. And, and you know what? We can look at churches all around the world and we can, we can see God active and operative in the church. But guys, I believe with all my heart, the closer that it comes to Jesus returning, that the more intense the church growth is going to happen. And you know, I know why people say, well, Brother Jack, you know, I just believe that the closer we get, there's going to be a great falling away. We know that. But guys, we don't have to, we don't have to submit to the reality that God is growing churches. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 18, would you all read this with me together? And I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will what? Build my church. How many of y'all believe Jesus in the church building business? Now I'm not talking about bricks and mortar, but I'm talking about people coming to know Christ. 
I, I get so excited on, on Sunday and, and there were people that came here and visited today and they were, they, we followed up on some of our deacons, followed up on They said, man, is that guy always that excited? Uh, and, and he said, yeah, he's that excited every Sunday. I'm just going to tell you, how could you not be? That we serve a risen Savior, guys, and he wants to save people from hell Change their life. How in the world could you not be excited? I get, I get, I get disturbed with y'all. Y'all look like y'all about dead. I'm just cranked up, you know. And I'm thinking, good night. We serve an awesome God, don't we, y'all? We serve an awesome God, and He's in the church building business. And I just believe that. I believe He's putting it together. He's growing the church, and I thank God for that. But we must understand what does church growth mean? What does that mean? Now, I know this is going to weird some of you out. Uh, but I believe this, y'all. I believe that church growth means two things. I believe that you grow numerically. I believe that's what God does. People go, well, we ain't seen nobody saved around our church in years, but boy, we're growing. Are you kidding me? You know, I believe that God wants to grow the church numerically. People go, well, you know what? It's not about numbers. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Numbers represent people, y'all. And if we're not reaching people, we're not seeing the church grow. It's just not happening. The Bible, isn't it amazing that in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse number 47, it says, praising God. Everybody say that with me. What? Praising God. Don't you think that's a good place to start? Praising God, y'all. Praising God. Praising God and having favor with all the people. Who wouldn't want to be a part of a church like that? Who wouldn't want to join a church like that? When they're praising God, and they're having favor. They're making a positive difference in the life of people. And when that happens, read the last part of it with me, everybody. And the Lord added to the church daily as should be saved. Don't you think that adding to the church means that they're growing numerically, y'all? God is adding to the church one plus one equals what? Come on, y'all slow tonight. One plus one equals what? Two. Two plus two equals what? Four. Four plus four equals what? Eight. You know what? That's what God does. He adds to the church numerically. Man, I get jazzed when people show up here. I, I get excited when people join here. I get excited when we got visitors here. I get excited when, are y'all ready for this? Are you sitting down? When members really show up. I get excited about that. I get jazzed about that, y'all. I'm excited about that. Thank God for that. The more the merrier in my book. To God be the glory for that. God asked to the church numerically. But guess what? He asked to the church, secondly, spiritually. It's not just enough to have more numbers coming. That, that's one thing. But man, don't you like to see numbers turn into disciples? And they become spiritual? Aren't you excited about that? I get excited about that, y'all. When I see people get saved and their lives get transformed and all of a sudden you see that person that joins Sunday and now they're growing spiritually and they're developing and they're engaged. I, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but just like Tina's a good example. You know, Tina got saved, got in the church, and look at what God's doing with you, girl. I know you're blowing, you're going, I'm going to kill you, Brother Jackie. But, but look at what God's doing, man, growing her. Look at Willie. Willie. Willie got saved, guys. He was a self-professed atheist two years ago. Come in the church. God got a hold of this old boy, changed his life, and last a few, Thursdays, a few weeks ago, he spoke at Men's Night Out. 
Isn't that great, y'all? Can I get an amen? Man. And I got to tell you, Willie, we was talking about you today. There was guys standing out front talking about you today, and they go, man, the guy's growing like crazy. He's faithful. He's showing up. Can you believe that? Somebody actually got saved and is faithful. How about that? And I just got to go and say it. We was talking about his hair, too, today. We was talking about, man, this guy can wear a mohawk, and he looks good in it, and then he looks like Elvis, and he looks good in it. I mean, good night. The guy's got it going on, man. And I look at that, and I think, good night. They're saved and changed. Can I get an amen? I look at old TJ. He's ugly as sin, but I love him. I love that boy. I love that boy. Let me tell you something. I, I, there's not, you know, you see people play instruments, and then you see instruments play people. Uh, you know, TJ just loves playing the drum. Man, I, I could sit all day and watch that old boy play. You know why? Because I see the joy of the Lord in it. He's just happy. He's just happy. Thank you for being happy. Let's hug. I mean, I just, I just want you to thank you for being happy. Good night. Thank you for that. Thank you for growing spiritually. How exciting is that? The Bible says in 2 Peter 3.18, it says, but you are to grow in grace. I think that's a good thing to grow in. And I think it's a good thing to grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus and Savior, Jesus Christ. What are those words? Grow. Grow in that. Grow in grace. Grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And as you're growing, make sure that you remember to Him be the glory. Forever, both now and forever. Amen. How's God working in your life? Are you growing spiritually, y'all? Are you growing in numbers? Are you reaching people? Are you making this, this big deal? Is it a big deal to you? And I hope that it is. But I believe there's a third thing that I want to make sure you get, and that is this. I believe any church, I do believe this, I believe any church anywhere, anytime can grow when it's revitalized. I believe that when they get excited about Jesus, they can grow. I believe that when God gets in it, when God gets a hold of the people, and God gets in their heart, and God gets them where they need to be, that church is going to grow. I believe that with every fiber in me. People go, well, our church is dead. No, you're dead. <clears throat> That's what's wrong with you. People go, our church hadn't won anybody to Jesus in three years. Well, you know what? You hadn't won anybody to Jesus. You know, why don't you get on fire for God and maybe it'll catch up somewhere. Maybe the, the fire that God creates in you will spread like wildfire. But wouldn't it be good if we just believe any church anywhere, anytime can grow when it's revitalized. And revitalization, by the way, is not renovation. It's not renovation. We got a renovation project going on back there. Can I tell you something? It'll just, the, 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 the stuff on the floor just make you have a headache. You know, it's not about, <clears throat> people go, well, we need to polish up the pews. We need to fix the carpet. We need to change this and change that. Can I tell you something? A room that's renovated will be an old renovation in a month. <clears throat> but I'm going to tell you a heart that's changed. Uh, it's not, it doesn't get over. It don't, you don't get over that in a little bit. God does something spiritually. You know, it's not about just painting the walls and changing this and changing that. that uh, I just think that, that God's people need to get revitalized. I believe that we need to get a heart back for God that goes, Wow. 
We are the children of God. I was listen. I was watching y'all. I was watching how you sang. And you know, I was listening to y'all and these people up here just singing about, wow, I'm a child of God, yeah, yeah, yeah. And y'all, I'm a child of God. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with y'all? We are a child of God. Can I get an amen? Is there anybody here besides me happy that you're a child of God? Are you glad that you're a child of God? And I think, good night, good night. Santana and Bethany singing their heart out and trying to get y'all to sing. You're like you've been sucking a persimmon. I'm thinking, good night, man, you're a child of God. Good night. How exciting that is to know that I'm a child of God. You know why? It's not about buildings getting renovated. It's about people of God getting revitalized. That's what it's all about. And then I believe this. I wrote this down. When God's work is done God's way, it will have God's blessings. Do you believe that? Say amen. When God's work is done God's way, it will have God's blessings on it. You know, see, I, my wife has to remind me of that all the time. I just, man, I, I, get, so, I get so messed up. I, I just fuss about people. I fuss about people. Where are they at? Why ain't that? She goes, you don't know what? You just need to trust God. And I'm thinking, shut up. I don't want you to tell me that right now. Just... Why you got to bring God in the equation? You know what? But it's true. When God's work is done God's way, God will bless that. Do y'all believe that? And I, I feel sorry for people that miss out on that. I really do. I believe that when we do God's work God's way, God's hands on it. He will bless what's his, Brother Randy. And I believe that. And then I want you to know, when we talk about God's work done God's way, let's go back there. I just want to say that. Again, just go back to number four. Y'all say that with me, everybody. When God's work is done God's way, it will have God's blessing. Let's say it one more time, everybody. When God's work is done God's way, it will have God's blessing. Do y'all believe that? I believe it, do we? And then I want you to notice this. Write it down. It's good. Growth will happen when we recognize and we implement about three or four things. Now, keep that up there because we write slow. We have to recognize and we have to implement some things. If we're going to see God work and we're going to see growth happen, listen, you cannot be lazy. You can't be lazy. You can't be half in and half out. You got to be in all the way. You know, and I just wrote down a few things that you've got to, you got to implement. And there's some correct things you got to implement. I want to give you five real quick. I'm going to rush through them. You got to have the right focus. If you're going to see God work God's way, you've got to have the correct focus. Our focus always got to be on Jesus. Can I get an amen? Uh, you know what? When, you're, when you get your eyes off Jesus and you get your eyes on people, listen to me, you will be disappointed. By the way, when you get your eyes off Jesus and you get your eyes on people or things, the devil will always give you something to gripe about. He just does. You got to have your correct focus, y'all. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And then secondly, correct attitude. Uh, you know what? I'm a firm believer of that. I believe attitude determines altitude. I believe if you've got a stinking attitude, you'll stink. I believe if your attitude is bad everything, you sour everything. 
I believe you ought to have the right attitude. You know what? I think a lot of times people need to have an attitude checkup. How's your attitude? Anybody in here would be willing to admit it that you need a little attitude adjustment? Anybody? Yeah, I mean, we do, don't we? We do, we do. Look at your neighbor and say, I know you need one. Go ahead and tell them, I know you need one. I know you need one. You need, you need an attitude check. You know what? We, we get our attitudes all warped up, don't we? Don't we, Peggy? We get them all messed up. Uh, you know, I mess with Peggy. I love Peggy. I'd do anything in the world for Peggy, but I mess with her all the time. And she's just always got a good attitude. I say things to Peggy like this. Peggy, I love you. I'd like to take you on top of that mountain and let you go on that wheelchair and just watch you, watch you ride down there. Just hold your hands up like you're at Six Flags, you know. I like to film you, Peggy, when you're doing that. She just goes, you love me, don't you, brother? I do love her. But, but you know what? A lot of people you couldn't mess with like that because they get mad and move their membership. But, but you know, I love Peggy. She, she, she's a good girl. She loves Jesus. She's faithful. If Peggy can make it to church, anybody can make it to church. Can I get an amen? And then, see, Peggy, your ties go up for me bragging on you like that, so... Uh, just to let you know that. You got to have correct objectives. What are we trying to do? Why are we trying to do it? Our objectives have always got to be correct, guys. Our church has to be directed by correct objectives. We're not trying to please ourselves. We're trying to please Him. We're not trying to do anything for our glory. We're trying to do everything for His glory. And, and, and how awesome that is. And then, fourth thing, write this down. You got to have the correct principles. Your principles dictate your decisions. And when your principles are right and you don't compromise those, then, then you're going to see God work. And then filthily write this down. You've got to have correct applications. You know, you, it can't be about, boy, they need to straighten up. I need to straighten up. Boy, they need to be faithful. No, I need to be faithful. Well, they need to get more spiritual. No, I need to get more spiritual. I need to not only have information, but I need application. I need to not only hear the word, I need to apply the word to my life. I need to make sure that what I'm doing is right and the application is right. There's a lot of people that have the wrong motives. We don't need the wrong motives. We need the right applications. And when we do that, we do it for God and God alone. God sees that, y'all. And where God sees those five things happening, he will bless it. So let's go back and say those five things. We've got to have what? Correct what? Focus. We've got to have correct principles, attitudes, correct objectives, and correct principles and correct applications. How many believe God will bless that? I believe that. Now, let me tell you this. I'll give it to you quick. There's always a price to pay for church growth. There's always a price to pay to see a church grow. It takes what? Work. You can't be lazy and grow a church. You can't be lazy. You can't have a consumer mindset. You can't say, you know what, what's in it for me? You got to work. I've learned in ministry life that it takes a lot of hard work. It's not easy growing a church. Uh, you know, there's a lot of responsibilities to that. Now, if you just want to kind of ride the wave uh, and just kind of hit the shore and you don't have to do anything, then that's one thing. But if you want to see God do something, you've got to go to work. And it's not just the pastor working. Everybody's got to work. 
The Bible says in Luke 10, therefore he said unto them, the what? Harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors. Some of y'all couldn't even say it. You're thinking, oh my gosh, I can't say that word. Labors into the harvest. Now, if it was true in that day, how much more true is it today? Now, I want to give you something about that. Write it down quickly. The pastor must be willing to pay the first price of sacrifice. Uh, he's got to be the guy that's going, you know what? I don't mind working for the Lord. Uh, you, a lazy preacher is not a good thing. You know, we're not, we're not promoted to the position of pastoring so that we can be lazy. Uh, we've got to be willing to pay a price. The pastor's got to be willing to say, hey, you know what? I will pay the first price of sacrifice. And, 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 and we have to make sure that the pastor is in it. If he isn't in it, if he's just trying to find, if he's just wanting a job, then, then that's a hireling. And, but a real pastor says, you know what? Y'all come and follow me. Let's do this thing. Let's go to work for Jesus. And he's the guy leading the pack. He's not asking you to do something that he's not willing to do himself. And I've got to say, you know what? As I look at our church, we are a blessed congregation. But the pastor's got to be willing to pay the first price for sacrifice. And then secondly, the staff must be willing to pay the price of sacrifice. You know, if you're on what you call staff of a church... I take that serious. I don't think the staff ought to be lazy people. I, I believe they ought to be engaging. They ought to lead the pack. They ought to set the standard. If you're going to have church, they ought to be at church. Uh, they ought to be faithful. They ought to be committed. They ought to be engaged. Uh, a lazy staff is a hindrance to a church. And then thirdly, the people must be willing to pay the price of sacrifice. The people, all of us, every one of us, we've got to be willing to say, you know what, count me in. Count me in, I will work for, with you. It's all called the work of the Lord. It's work. It's not easy. It's not easy growing a church. It's not easy doing the work of the Lord. But I will tell you this, we have a limited time to get it done. One day the work will be over. And, and we won't be doing the work of the Lord anymore on this earth. Why would you not want to say, I'll go to work for Jesus. I'll work for the Lord. I'll pay the price. I'll, I'll, be, I'll sacrifice. You know, we're, we're at a time now in our, in our, in our country, in our, in our cities. Everything in this world is happening. Uh, there's people that got choices that options to make on Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday night. You know what? It's, it'd be easy just to say, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, let me, let me just tell y'all something. Will you listen to me say amen? amen? There's a lot of churches that say, hey, shut it down on Sunday night. We don't need to have church on Sunday night. Really? You want me to tell you the truth? If you said that to me and said, Brother Jackie, let's just don't have church on Sunday night. And I say, Okay. Uh, you ain't going to cut my pay or anything, are you? No, no, we're going to pay you same. Woohoo! You mean me and baby dog get to go fishing on Sunday evening? I don't have to study. I don't have to write a sermon. I don't have to prepare anything. 
If that's what you want, always sign me up. If I was living for myself in the flesh. If it was just me saying, oh, yeah, man, do me. That's what I want to do. Man, give me Sunday night off. Let me chill out. Let me go fishing. We want to go fishing. We like to do that. We, got a, we ain't been fishing in a year. Good night. It'd be great to go on Sunday afternoon. Me and baby doll out on the lake, chilling out, banana sandwiches, Dr. Peppers, chilling out, enjoying life. Good night. You're getting excited, ain't you, baby doll? It's exciting. Man. We ain't got to do that no more. We ain't got to play no more music on Sunday night. We ain't got to have people here running media stuff. We ain't got to do that. Woohoo! sign me up for it. But you know what? We understand that it takes a little bit more to disciple people. And we're willing to pay a price for that. We're willing to pay a price so people can come to our campus on Sunday afternoon and do Bible studies all over our campus like a lot of you are teaching. Bible studies that speak in the lives of individuals that they don't get any other time of the week. Bible studies that we can attend and go to and support. And yeah, we have classes at 5 o'clock. And you know what? It's a big deal. And we get to do this, guys. We get to do this together. And we get to teach our kids about Jesus. And we get to have children's work going on. And things happen with our kids. Because I'm going to tell you, the world is sucking our kids left and right into it. Kid, the world's sucking them into it. You know what's amazing? Can I tell you all this? Will you be okay if I tell you this? It's amazing to me how many people say, you know what? I ain't going to church on the Sunday night. I'm going to get my kids up on some Monday morning and go to school. But they'll stay at a blame ball field 11 o'clock at night on a school night and not have one problem with it. Can I tell you this? There's something missing in our priorities, aren't they? You know what, I get all that, guys. But if you want to see God do something, you got to be willing to pay the price of sacrifice. Then I want you to notice the last thing real quick. The goal is the Great Commission. I'm a firm believer of this. I'm a firm believer of this. That the Great Commission is what Jesus wants us to do. Matthew chapter 28 says these words. Go ye therefore... Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even in the world. How many of you think that is a priority with Jesus? All right, now I'm going to give you something real quick. What are we supposed to do? Teach. Teach. That first word is the word teach, which means to intentionally lead people to make a decision for Jesus. That is our first priority. Our first priority is to tell people Jesus saves. He changes people's life. That is our first priority. Our first priority is to evangelize our world, telling people about Jesus and his Saving grace that will change their life. That's what the word teach means. Then it says you are to baptize them. The word baptize means to dip under the water. So we're supposed to lead them to Jesus, and then we're supposed to see them baptized. That's what we're supposed to do. Tell people about Jesus, baptize them, and then it says you are to teach them. A different Greek word. 
That other Greek word means to teach them how to be a disciple. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. What is that? Make proclamation, tell them that Jesus will save them. And you are to baptize them, dip them under the water. And then you are to teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you and lo, I'm with you. If you were to sum that up, it would be summed up in two assignments that the church has been given. Write it down, it's not in your notes. The two assignments that we have been given is to evangelize and disciple. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to evangelize and disciple. If we're not evangelizing, we're not discipling, then my friend, we're missing what the church is all about. As you guys come, let me share this with you. I believe that as a church, we ought to be the most excited church on planet Earth to be able to see that our church is seeing people come and give their life to Jesus. One of the things that I'm afraid of for you is that you take it for granted. That you are, have become so familiar with God working among you that we have went to sleep in the midst of the blessing that it has become normal for you, that you think that is just the way it is. Eden Westside is a blessed church. We are blessed. And I bet you, I wonder often, how many of you have went to your father and said to him this week, Lord, I'm asking in our church service Sunday, somebody will get saved. I wonder how many of you prayed for that. I wonder how many of you pulled up in the parking lot this morning or tonight and said, Lord, please anoint our pastor to preach the word of God today. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, that there would be a lost person there that would give their heart to Christ. And I wonder how many of you left today from church before you got so busy with your activities. We had six people make decisions for Jesus today. I wonder how many of you stopped, thanked him for that. Said, Lord, thank you for those six people that joined our church today. I want to give you praise for that, Father. Thank you for that. I wonder if you've just taken it for granted that you just like a kid that has all the blessings but you never say thank you. I wonder what would happen if our church turned its heart toward the Father and said, Lord, I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you, Lord, that we're seeing people grow spiritually. I want to thank you that when I come into our church, I see this one that's faithful. Thank you for that. Thank you for that when they got saved last year that's still showing up faithfully. The bottom line says it like this. You can be part of God's great plan in reaching our world for Christ Dewey and Vicky, it starts with your commitment 
to invite somebody to be serious about it starts with your commitment. Your commitment to say, God, sign me up. Sign me up, Lord. Sign me up, God, to be a willing vessel for you to use this week. And tonight, I do think it starts with you. You making a commitment to say, Lord, I commit to you to be faithful. I commit to you to share the gospel. I commit to you to try to disciple people. I commit to you, Father, to be a prayer warrior in our church. So tonight, I want to ask you if you would to stand all of this building. And uh, tonight, our minister is going to come. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, uh, they're going to be down front tonight to pray with you, to lead you and to help you in your decision for Christ. Tonight, if you'd like to join the church, tonight would be the night for you to do that. You can be number seven today to say, I want to make Eden Westside my church home. We're going to start singing. But in just a moment, we're going to give the invitation and I want you to do me a favor. While they sing, I want us to bow our heads and ask yourself this question. Are you willing to make a commitment to Christ? A renewed, refreshed commitment to Jesus that you want to see a church grow. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you don't know Christ, you'd like to come and pray, we invite you to come. If you'd like to join the church, you come now. Everybody else, you pray. <laughs>